But I think one of the things that we can do is we can we can acknowledge that we've all lost something in this pandemic. It's Some true. people have lost more than others, but we've all lost something. And to approach one another from that perspective of um, being humble, because we've all been impacted by it, but also knowing that my impact might not be your impact, may, may not be the same. And so this is not a competition, but just, you yeah, know, true. approaching it from the perspective of, you know, the, I would just, you know, for lack of a better word, from the perspective of being a member of the human race. Right. We are looking forward our way. Hi, this is Brett, and with me is Carol. Hi, Brett. How's it going? Good. Wonderful. Part two coming up here. We're excited. Yeah. This, oh my gosh, part one was phenomenal, and I am so honored to again introduce our speaker, Aurel Jackson, president of Limitless Growth Strategies. Aurel has over 20 years of executive leadership experience and is recognized for developing and optimizing strategies, delivering high-value solutions, and building strong relationships. In her current role, she is guiding individuals and organizations to successfully maneuver through changes and transitions with a goal to help unleash potential, just like an acorn growing into a mighty oak tree. So we're excited to welcome Aurel back with us again today and complete our discussion on unleashing our potential. Now, I would suggest if you haven't listened to the first part of this episode, do go ahead. But I think you'll be okay by listening to this one and go back to number one either way. But definitely bring both these podcasts into your life because yes, <laughs> they will complete each other. Right. Sure. And and it's great information in both, yeah, both parts. And, and we'll have a link to that first episode in our show notes so you don't have to go searching for it. Just click on it and play it. Well, in our previous program, we reviewed the first six principles in positively moving through a crisis. Let's begin with a quick review of those first steps. Uh, first one is everything worthwhile is uphill. Right. So this is really about focusing on the fact that your goals, aspirations, all the good things live on top of the mountain and you have to climb and acknowledging that the climb is going to be challenging at times is important, but you have to keep going. Wonderful. And then the next step is there is always an answer. Right. So my favorite. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> this is really about shifting the way you think to being solution focused and bringing that that type of thinking to everything that you do and to your family and to the team that you lead. Next is allow adversity to help you discover who you are. So I think here we talked really about the importance of sort of digging deep um, to find you know, what strengths, what talents, what expertise do you have that can really help you to shine and serve others in this time of adversity? And then you're going to develop a positive life stance. Right. So this, again, was not about being Pollyanna, but acknowledging the reality of the situation and then focusing on in on what is positive and letting that dominate the way you think. And then we went into feed your faith and starved your fears. And here, this was really about, you know, focusing in on what is, in, what is important to you, um, you know, focusing in on the positive, focusing in where you can have an impact rather than living in that space of fear. And the next step, which was one of my favorites, is to realize that motions influence emotions. 
Yes, so this we had a nice discussion about this, and I think this is a really great one to remember that we can feel the emotion, but we don't have to live in that space. We by taking action, like setting into motion something, we can begin to influence and take control of that emotion. And being intentional about it is all of these things is really important. Great. Okay, Aurel, the next step I think is a big one. And maybe another one of your favorites, but definitely today matters. This pandemic has been an extreme situation for all of us. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody ever thought they'd have to go through this. Many people are really lost. Um, lots of issues of loneliness. Um, we certainly are seeing um, increases in violence and increases in, in um, drug usage. Mm-hmm. How can we stay on track? Okay, so um, I think this is, again, about the pause and about um, understanding, you know, if we go back to the principle of liminality, understanding that the future is uncertain and it's okay to feel um, concerned about that, but what you can manage right now is what's right in front of you. So, you know, I think it's trying to be um, as mindful about today you can't change yesterday right you can influence tomorrow by doing what you can and doing your best with what you have today and I think if we can really focus in on like sometimes again just quietening our minds and saying like where are we right now what impact can I make right now what can I do right now Um, and I think you know I actually have taught an entire mastermind series over six weeks just on this topic of Today Matters because this is based on one of John Maxwell's books. He has a book called Today Matters and he talks there about the importance of understanding your values and letting your values show up in your daily calendar or your daily um, agenda. And, you know, I think that sounds a little weird maybe, but if you think about um, our normal calendar, it's populated with what other people want us to do. Right. Um, and so often we get to the end of it and we feel a little maybe resentful even. We feel like, well, what's, you know, all I've done is like everything for everybody else. It's everybody else has impacted my agenda. And if you are very clear on what you what you value, you can reshuffle your agenda, reshuffle your calendar to ensure that whatever you do, whether it is for other people or for yourself, that is reflective of your values and aligned with your values. And so that could be as simple as, especially in these times, you know, what is important to you? If family is important to you and you can't be close to family physically, if you, if you're, one of your values is family, put something on your agenda for today that reflects that value. So that may mm-hmm. be calling your mother, emailing your brother, texting your niece, whatever it is. Right. But do something, do things that are reflective of your values and put that in, you know, put that value-based mindset into your daily calendar, into your daily agenda. Um, and you begin to feel like you taking back a little control of your life and and when you can do that, when you focus in on what's important to you, and I'm not talking about like material things, but like the values, what are the values that are important to you? You begin to 
focus mindfully. You know, it's not only about the uncertainty of the future and, and grieving the loss of yesterday, but it's that ability to feel that you're living your values on a daily basis and that today is what matters. The more preparation you do today, the less repair you have to do tomorrow. Oh, good point. So if I get this correctly, tell me if I'm on the wrong track. The last step was to realize realize that motions influence emotions. So if you're taking that to today, you're feeling sad today, realizing you miss family, calling your mom is the action. Exactly. That's the motion. Yeah. So these you'll find actually just layer beautifully one on top of the other, right. like a compounding effect, you know, so. Right. And, and you're going to get to the point of where um, you don't even realize that you're going through all of mm-hmm. these steps. They just sort of flow with you as long as you're keeping that positive attitude, mm-hmm. knowing that intentionality. you're pausing yeah. and, and ver- being very intentional about your actions mm-hmm. to counteract negative emotions. Right. Whoa, very cool. Nice. (laughs) Our next is reflect instead of react to adversity. So over the past few months, I'm going to call it over the pandemic time. Yes. (laughs) We have had so much time on our hands. We've often hear um, how would we describe our actions during this time? Did we reach our goals or did we waste our time? I've asked that of myself. Um, What do you suggest we do next in our journey to move through adversity? So I think this is really about bringing intention to your life. You know, I think it is very easy. I think many of us at the beginning of this thought, well, I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to do this. I'm <laughs> that gonna, lasted a month. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. It didn't last a month for me. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's. I think we could get to, we get to the end of any time um, and reflect and we think, like, what, what did we accomplish, you know? Right. So, you know, I think being really intentional about this and again you know going back to the reflect instead of react that's all about the pause you know like before I fly off the handle before I dissolve into tears before I do something I'm going to stop I'm going to reflect and then I'm going to act I'm not going to react and I think that you know we need to do that in all aspects of our lives as well as, like, how are we going to spend our time? You know, it's very easy, as we all know, to get to the end of your vacation and think, like, oh, my gosh, I thought I was going to do all these things. Or you do a staycation and you think you're going to clear out the basement and, you know, you got distracted on day one and a half. Um, you know, whatever it is. Or get to the end of the pandemic and all the things you were going to do as a family, you know, just didn't happen and it's so easy because even though we've got sometimes it feels like we've got a lot of time on our hands and I think um, if you've got kids at home that are going through this weird back to school hybrid online whatever you probably haven't got a lot of time so you know whether you've got a lot of time you don't want to fritter it away and have nothing to show at the end of it but if you've got limited time for families who are dealing with different schooling and you know working from home and things they have limited time, so use the time that isn't taken up with all those absolutely necessary things. Use it with intention as well. You know, f- actually scheduling family time and things like that and and um, making the most of it. And, again, you know, 
like you, you sort of have to decide who's going to be the boss of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so nice You'll, that we, ha- we yeah. have the gift of time that you can start doing mm-hmm. this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait till the next adversity. Well, right. guess what? We're in the middle of one right now. Right. Or uh, once this is done, mm-hmm. there's always another adversity of time. It always, always, always yeah. will and be. Minor, major, whatever it might yeah, be. But right. there's always tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and it's never tomorrow. too late to start. Right. Absolutely. Right. So can I, um, can I say that acting as opposed to reacting? So acting is... The intentional steps we've been talking about, as opposed to reacting, being sort of the emotional outburst. Right. Okay. 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 So now we think adversity also makes us relatable to other people. Um, The pandemic started out as the enemy. We talked about this at the Mm -hmm. top of our discussion. And um, we were going to fight this together. We were a united front and going to make sure everybody was okay. And we were all going to survive the pandemic and, you know, afraid to touch anything. But we were going to we were going to get through it. Um, It seems, though, that um, we've run out of steam. We're a little exacerbated by uh, so many of the underlying issues that are affecting us in our world. Um, not only just masks or no masks or uh, uh, school hybrid or online, but also, you know, fairness and equality and respect. What can we be learning during this period of time and, and making sure that we do keep that those connections with mm-hmm. others. Yeah. So, you know, I think you're, you're right. We started off with a lot of energy around this and, and it's sort of dwindled. And now we've there's a lot of, um, there are just it's not just the pandemic. There's so many other things. Right. And it can feel overwhelming. But I think one of the things um, that we can do is we can, we can acknowledge that we've all lost something in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Some people have lost more than others, but we've all lost something. And to approach one another from that perspective of um, being humble, because we've all been impacted by it, but also knowing that my impact might not be your impact, may may not be the same. And so this is not a competition, but just, you know, approaching it from the perspective of, you know, I would just, you know, for lack of a better word, from the perspective of being a member of the human race right you know how do we can we use this to have learned some lessons about ourselves which make us more empathetic towards others and i think this is a tough this is a heavy lift in this time when there's so much anger about all sorts of issues um and so if we could use this time to relate to one another because we've all lost something um and to try and understand more about what you might have lost as opposed to what I've lost, not from a competitive perspective, but from the perspective of, you know, like we, we members of the same human race, you hurt, I hurt, Mm -hmm. we might hurt about different things, but um, because I've hurt, I've been hurt because I've lost, I can try to be more understanding and approach the situation with more grace and to give you grace when I approach Right. And I think this is important in families. I think it's important in the work environment um, to really, f- especially from a leadership perspective. Um, and, you know, I always use leadership in the not only from a business perspective, because the hardest person to lead is yourself. But, you know, from a, a leadership perspective, giving people um, 
you know, not giving in to the, the fear, not giving in to the anger, but using the, the pain and the hurt and the um, victories and the successes you've had to make yourself um, more empathetic, more compassionate, more understanding, and more willing to be curious about the other person's situation. Right is really important and I think you know that's when you know we talk about being relatable I think one of the best ways to be relatable is to say tell me more about you tell me mm. more about what you're going through and not to you know want to be the one who directs the agenda all the time and I think we can do a much better job on on this this is I think one of the one of the toughest ones is to um, to be relatable because I think we're inclined to listen to respond and not listen to hear. Right. And I think oh, when very we, much yes. When we listen to hear, we when we listen to when we he- listen to actually hear what the other person is saying, and not to come up with the smartest, best remark we can come up with, we actually then are able to we become more relatable. People trust us more. We trust them more, and I think we would have much better dialogue and much more harmonious life. That, that would be very welcome. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, it's interesting when I'm sort of reflecting back on um, how the, the actions we were taking in the beginning and sort of how that went downhill a little bit. And, and in some ways, I'm sort of trying to bring those back up again. So doing a lot of reaching out to people, particularly mm-hmm. older relatives um, and other friends, I had some folks contact me because they were concerned that I would be alone mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And I sort of laughed it off going, well, I've lived alone for a long time. That's not an issue for me. I'll probably do better than you. I wasn't really listening to them. And I realized it. Mm-hmm. And I started becoming Number one, thankful that they were worried about me, but two, um, also realizing my situation compared to theirs and my situation compared to a lot of people and realized I have a roof over my head, food in my refrigerator, uh, you know, money in my checking account. Mm-hmm. I'm OK with or without anybody else in my house. I'm OK. And and so I, it, that um positive feeling mm-hmm. got by the wayside when I realized I couldn't get my hair cut mm-hmm. <laughs> all those other really important issues in life and so now I think in some ways seeing that we're making um, where people are pivoting mm-hmm. people are making things work people are um, figuring out that it's okay to watch an old football game mm-hmm. because the new ones haven't started yet those kinds of things that it's coming back up I hope right. I hope yeah so well, the next is always look for the big picture. Uh, one lesson I think we've all learned at some time is to realize that the world is much bigger than just our own self and our immediate sphere. I think mm-hmm. the Internet and news coverage and such has really brought that to light. But however, when we look at a bigger picture, it can be frightening, possibly overwhelming too. Uh, what value is the big picture view? So I think it helps us to set context. So, you know, I think um, when we we can be uh, we can feel like we are the center of the universe a lot of times and we can become overwhelmed by our own problems, you know, and and I relate, Carol, to not being able to get your hair cut or whatever else you needed to have done. Um, And it can seem like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is terrible. 
But when you look at it from the big picture, you you begin to sort of get per- perspective, you get context, and mm-hmm. and I think that's. Um, a really important thing, and I think this is a really important thing for, for parents to be able to do for children, is to help them to see um, the situation within the context of the bigger picture. So not to be, you know, so that they become overwhelmed, but that they realize they're not alone. They're not the only ones having a tough time. They're not the only ones who can't access what they want to access or whatever it is but to look at it from the perspective of you know we are in this together this is a big world and our problems to us today may seem insurmountable but when we start to think from the big picture perspective we can bring in things like gratitude for what we have we can become more compassionate because we then begin to see that while our problems feel overwhelming today in comparison to what other people are having mm-hmm. to deal with, they're not that bad. So I think it gives us perspective. It gives us the opportunity to be more empathetic, more compassionate. But it also, I think, helps us to be grateful. And I think gratitude is a key driver. It's one of those really great actions that you can take to influence your emotions. Right, right. One more. We're going to talk about adversity makes a person grow strong. Um, We have moved through 10 of our 11 steps. Mm -hmm. We are honing our ability to meet adversity. What has happened to us in this process? Where are we going? Can we continue to um, be successful through the challenges and continue our personal journey? Well, I hope the answer is yes. Um, So I think, you know, I think we've got to, again, take time periodically to reflect. You know, what have we learned? Mm-hmm. Um, what um, what lessons have come out of this? If You know, because we're not going to go back to, um, you know, and we talk about the new normal, but we really should be realistic. Do we want a new normal or do we want a whole new paradigm? Do we want, mm-hmm. do we want a whole new framework? Um I know that's a heavy lift, but, you know, it's possible. We've put men on the moon, you know. So exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So, and I think when we start to limit our thinking, you know, that's never a good thing. But I think, you know, taking the time to, to look back and say, what did we learn? You know, we learned that we could live with a lot less. Mm-hmm. We learned that we could, um, we could be creative. We can have Zoom meetings we can or work fewer meetings <laughs> yeah we, we don't you know we don't have to drive as much we don't actually have to be in the office for for a lot of the the jobs that we have um children we also learned are actually probably more resilient than we gave them credit for exactly. because they've dealt with us probably better than we have yeah, i think so um, I think and so. you know we've learned a lot of things about we've learned that when we don't we don't drive our cars every day it we can see environmental impacts mm-hmm. you know um we've also i think learned the value of of family we've learned how much we might miss those relations that we thought mm. were really um you know we wanted to take a break from anyway but, yes um but we and we've realized the importance of social connection i think i i'm hoping one of the big things we learn is that we we realize the importance of um, the human connection mm-hmm. and the importance it plays in our mental health. Um, you know, I think we really have seen um, the mental health challenges coming from the isolation that we've um, we've had to go through, and and for us to begin to realize 
um, you know, as we move forward, because I think we were starting to sort of, a lot of us who are older were sort of bemoaning the fact that everybody communicates by text and email and like what happened to picking up the phone or going to somebody's house? Well, suddenly we had to resort to all of those means of communication too. But what do we learn from that? How do we how do we use those the, those types of technology which have helped us and which will probably continue to help us as we go through situations like this um, how do we use those while still maintaining that human connection that we so obviously need you know there's the old experiment they did years ago with the rhesus monkeys that you know didn't have anything to nurture them a mother to nurture them and they failed to thrive Mm -hmm. i sort of wonder like if we if we don't have human connection even as adults do we fail to thrive do we fail Mm -hmm. to be the best we can be when we are um, isolated and and quite frankly we we do even under the best of circumstances there are groups of people that we isolate mm-hmm. in our in our society like older people right um, and so what are we going to do to change that have we have we learned the lesson that we as humans need to figure out different ways to stay connected and the importance of family and friends and community I, I think one of the greatest lessons I've seen is um, that notion that we can pivot quickly, mm-hmm. change happens quickly. We always talk about change, but mm-hmm. not in text of, in the context of speed. That that mm-hmm. change is it literally on a dime. Mm-hmm. That we we saw in this pandemic, and and just our ability to adjust. The other thing too, when we're going back a couple of steps, and you talked about reflecting. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are feeling like, number one, boy, it's been six months, and for some of us it's been six years, and for others it's been six days. But to go back and reflect to see what you really did do, Mm -hmm. because I'll bet you chances are pretty good you did more than you remember you did. Right. Don't think it's less. Go back and really take a look and and think about what that Mm -hmm. is. Um, I'd mentioned to Brett, a friend of mine lives in Chicago, and uh, we've been friends since high school, so lo- decades, decades. But don't see each other often. She never really liked email. And thank goodness she was into email before this. We have emailed nearly every day mm-hmm. for six months, which we never would have done right. in the past. And it's been a wonderful, freeing opportunity for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, she can kind of complain what's going on in her end. I can complain what's going on on my end. But she has been part of changes in the theater programs mm-hmm. in Chicago. I'm talking to her about podcasting. So we've also started something new, mm-hmm. both of us, and right. had and been able to compare it together. So, um, yeah, I think those are all great reflections. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Aurel, thank you for your assistance in guiding us through this process, supporting our listeners in their quest for personal growth. Uh, that's kind of one of the main themes for looking forward our way was mm-hmm. that personal growth in, in a variety of different mm-hmm. ways and as, as kind of laying some templates out and bringing right. resources, resources, mm-hmm. thought leaders, the people that know mm-hmm. <laughs> versus us just kind of researching on our own. Right. What's that got? You know, it's more fun to talk to people who know <laughs> what they're talking about, you know. So let our listeners know how they can contact you and even discover more on the principles of John Maxwell. Sure. So um, you, your uh, listeners can contact me at Aurel, that's O-R-E-L-L-E, at LimitlessGrowthStrategies.com. 
and my uh, website is um, limitlessgrowthstrategies.com. So um, there's a whole host of information there. They can find me on social media too. Right. So. And we'll have that all in our podcast notes. Okay. And hopefully um, some good questions will come to you from this. Good. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.